This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to Tune-Ups for your Believer's Walk of Faith, Unplugged. This is one of those segments where I just get to share some of the things the Lord shared with me during my morning fellowship with him. I felt like the Lord wanted to clarify some things that the body of Christ as a whole is pondering or perhaps even second guessing or even maybe struggling to believe or understand. So very often, like in the Old Testament, as we often read, the Lord will keep on putting his people into remembrance, but of the same thing. And he'll keep on sending prophets and prophets and prophets and prophets and just to get the attention of his people, just to be like, hey, this is what I said to you. Don't forget this. Don't let this go. So very often the Lord will have someone reiterate things that he has said to us in the past uh, through his word, of course, and through the revelation that has come out of his word that body of believers might be familiar with. And whenever he feels like we're starting to let go of that rock of revelation, of that knowledge that has been revealed to us, he, he will often kind of just ask someone and say, Hey, uh, put a, put some people in remembrance, you know, whoever you can get this out to, including yourself. Um, I just want you to remember this, this, and that. So once the Lord had brought a few things to my attention, I just kind of run with it. You know, like he, he will kind of bring a few things to mind and say, hey, by the way, you should think about this. Have you considered this? Um, you should... Uh, read about this, maybe go and read this scripture or think about this, meditate upon this. So, and I, I just kind of quickly want to add that before we dive into the points and everything that he was sharing with me and whatever the Holy Spirit also was prompting me to kind of add to this is um, it's very important for us to meditate on the word of God because Meditation is how the Word of God goes from our minds into our spiritual womb where revelation is conceived. Take some time in the morning or at night as you lie on your bed or just and, and just in your mind, try to go through scripture. You, sometimes you won't, you won't even need it. Like you could have a Bible nearby or maybe your Bible app on your phone just in case the, the Holy Spirit say, brings up a phrase of a scripture and you need to look it up. But what typically what a typical meditation session will, will, will go is something like this. You know, you could be lying down, let's say you're facing up or sitting up in a, in a seated position with your back against the headboard of your bed and Sometimes you can close your eyes or sometimes you can have your eyes open and the Holy Spirit will start feeding you scripture or scripture references from your bosom, from your spirit. And what will happen is that those scriptures will then flow. They will come up and out of your spirit into your mind. And then you and then in your mind you start to massage them, you start to meditate on them. And what, what that also sometimes feels like is you start to massage that scripture. You're almost kind of bouncing it around in your mind. You look at it, you step out, you think about it again, you come out, you try to see what situation is going on in your life that you can attach this scripture to. How can this scripture um, help you change that situation? Right. So you start to massage that scripture by bouncing it around in your mind. And then you, you, you turn those scriptures over 
and then he will send another scripture. Then you'll match those scriptures and then you'll put your situation in that mixture in, in, in that scripture. And then you're almost kind of doing chemistry in your mind or think about it. You're putting a recipe together. So the Holy Spirit gives you the scriptures and you're meditating on them. And then uh, what starts to happen is that you, you get this problem, this situation that you're going through in life and you put it in those scriptures and those scriptures either start to snap out, snap out the fear or the sting or the worry or the anxiety or the hopelessness. And, and that's how we solve problems through meditation with scripture is you bounce it around in your mind and then you get this situation you're dealing with and you make it face, you bring it head on with scripture. Let's say um, if you have a payment coming up, you know, and you 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 were short on money, right? And, and you're like, oh, I, I don't know where my funds are going to come from. I need to pay this bill. I need to pay rent. I need to take care of this. I need to pay my mortgage. And then that's the problem, right? But then as you sit down to meditate on scripture, the Holy Spirit will feed your scripture. Let's say like, um, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So you'll take that scripture and in your mind, you might be like, oh, is that really true? And you might, is that even in the Bible, right? I'm just, this is in the Bible, but I'm just saying, because sometimes the whole, because you've read so much scripture as a believer, sometimes you may not know the full scripture or even where it's found. So the Holy, Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit will do is that he will just give you a phrase of scripture to run with. So when the Holy Spirit feeds me, my God shall supply all my needs. That's kind of like when you go through your Bible and you try to find it and be like, oh, I think that's in Philippians. Or you go into the Bible app and you type in in the search you say supply my needs and then the scripture will come up as philippians 419 and then what will happen is you will read it and you say oh yeah it says that my god will liberally su supply full fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in christ jesus then what will start to happen you'll say okay you know okay so I'm short on money. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but this scripture says that God will supply according to his riches. So then the way you'll start to meditate on this, you'll start to ask yourself questions. Say, okay, well, if he's going to do it according to his riches, that means according to his uh, other avenues. So which means if my bank account is short, um, he can still like his riches in glory are not limited you know maybe i can experience favor maybe he's gonna ask that person to say you know what uh this month is on the house you don't have to pay rent this month this month right because in your mind you start to ask yourself well what are his riches in glory right because you now say okay how this is a scripture that now in my mind I'm trying to say, how is he going to use this to take care of my needs? And just because in my bank account I'm looking in and I've got more needs than money. So how do you, you start to think and say, well, he's saying according to his riches. So according to his riches. So my God is gonna supply my rent. So then you put your this is me meditating. This is how I would typically do it. Um, or how, like, like I'll use another example of healing, the, but this is how you meditate with scripture. So you go, the, in the scripture it reads, my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory. So I take the need at hand, let's say rent, mortgage, whatever it is. And then I go, my God will liberally supply my rent, my mortgage, according to his riches and glory. So now I've put the problem in the middle of scripture 
and scripture has swallowed it up. You know, in scripture where it says uh, life swallows up mortality, it, it, somewhere in uh, Corinthians, Paul's talking about that, uh, that life swallows up death, immortality swallows up mortality. And uh, I remember listening to one person one time and he was saying, you don't have to get rid of poverty. He said, he said, God didn't tell you to get rid of poverty. God told you to receive the blessing, to receive abundance. You see, you can spend all your time, let's say if you had if you have a mortgage payment due and um rent, I'm just gonna use finances for now. We'll talk about healing in a second here. But let's say you 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 have, let's say, a five thousand dollar payment due on something. You need to make a, a payment on something, let's say $5,000. That's the need. Or maybe you are in the hole $5,000. Now, what would typically happen, what he was saying is that God didn't tell you that, okay, get rid of the, like, like in your mind, you're thinking, I need to get rid of like this $5,000 problem. But he's, he, the way he said is, he said, he said, with God, receive the thing that swallows up the thing. So if, if you're in the whole $5,000, if you are in debt, let's say $5,000, what, what would make that $5,000 disappear? If you receive $10,000, the $5,000 has to disappear because abundance swallows up life. So receive abundance. And that's why meditation. Oh man, this, this is turned into a meditation episode. We shall let's just roll with it. Uh, thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, so when you're meditating scripture, most people we focus on the five thousand dollar debt, but that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God says. Um, receive uh, in first John it says as many as received him all throughout scripture the theme has never been get read the theme has always been put on Christ receive him in first John um, it says this is first John, the gospel of St. John, the gospel of St. John. This is in chapter one, verse 12. It says, he, I'll start in verse 11. It says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them, gave he the power to become sons of God even to them that believe on his name. The kingdom of God has never been about getting rid of something. You receive righteousness. You don't try to get rid of your sin or trying to get, no, 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 no. You receive righteousness. And then sin is swallowed up. That's how this thing works. So meditate on my God shall liberally supply my needs, my rent, my mortgage, my every need, according to his riches in glory, receive his riches in glory, that will inevitably swallow up the debt. So, but many a times when we are meditating on scripture, and that's why, even in scripture, in Corinthians, it's very interesting in Corinthians chapter one, in first Corinthians chapter one, you see this principle as well, because you, this is what Paul says. He says, he says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. This is first Corinthians chapter one, verse 27. He says, God has chosen the foolish, foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the best things which are despised. So you see, 
there's always a contrast here, but let me keep going. And the base things of the world, the things which are despised, has God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things which are. So you see, he's not, he's, he, there's, there's this contrast between these two things that God is using. So it's like, he, God focuses on the other thing that swallows up this other thing. So let's say you, you um, let's say, let's, let me use the example of health, right? A lot of people will go through trying to fight off, um, trying to get rid of cancer, trying to get rid of pain, trying to get rid of the headache, trying to get rid of the ulcer, trying to get rid of this, trying to get rid of that. No, 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 no. Your job is not to get rid of the thing. Receive healing. Healing will swallow up pain. Healing will swallow up cancer. Healing will swallow up that disease. Don't focus on the disease. Don't meditate on the disease. That's why God is always using this principle of he calls things that be not as though they were. You see, God, if God was trying to tell Abraham, uh, God focused on Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. Abraham said, how will I have a, a, a successor seeing I have no seed, right? So God is like, listen, your concern of you not having an heir, a seed out of your own loins, is going to be swallowed up by me making you the father of many nations. You see, if you're looking for one child and, you're on, and that's what, let's say you're in the hole one child as abraham was like he had no child he had no heir god said okay i'm gonna make you a father of many nations that will swallow up this situation of you having no child right so the power the supernatural ability of god works by receiving the thing which is not yet to replace the thing which is that's the whole principle here in first corinthians you can see it he because he's 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 using the contrast of two things first he says god has chosen foolish things of the world to do what to confound the wise so he's, he's saying foolish will confound the wise then he says god has chosen weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty what is god doing he's using weak to confound the mighty. He says he's using the best things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to do what? To bring to nothing the things that are or the things that you see. So when you're meditating scripture, let's say if you were dealing with a sickness, it is better for you not to go on Google and I am whatever, um, I am DB, no, is it? IMDB? No, no, no. MDB? Something about um, medical doctor something? Or on Google and trying to find out all the symptoms, all the associations of that disease. No, 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 no. That's the wrong way to do it. And you don't meditate on that. You see, when you meditate on that, you continue digging a hole. If I keep on meditating on the $5,000 that I'm in the hole that I got to pay up today, um meditate on abundance start thinking of there's gonna be a way in which twenty thousand dollars comes into my hands start thinking of how do i get twenty thousand dollars god show me where twenty thousand dollars is when you think of twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars will sweep away the five thousand dollars and leave an a 15 leave, leave you with fifteen thousand dollars to spare don't meditate on the sickness don't meditate on healing. Just keep on meditating by his stripes. I am healed by his stripes. I am healed by his stripes. I am healed by his stripes. I am healed. That's how you meditate on scripture. That's how. So you bring up that scripture and say, okay, you, you start meditating and then, and then you look at scriptures like, and as many as, a, and as many as touched the hem of his garment, they were made whole. So the Holy Spirit has fed you that scripture. 
you now bring it up to your mind and says, as many as touched the hem of his garment, they were made whole. And then you, the whole script, whole script will also feed you, let's say, um, the scripture in Romans, Romans chapter eight, I believe, verse 13, where it's where it talks about uh, verse 11. It talks about, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So you take those two scriptures and you say, okay, back then, none of them people were even born again. And as many as, and as, many as touched him, they were made whole. So either you start picturing yourself in that crowd, touching him and your disease disappearing, or you take this scripture that says that the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. So you take that scripture there and you start to meditate. You now you're in your mind. You say, okay, the, his spirit dwells in me. His spirit raised up Jesus from the dead. Since his spirit dwells in me, his spirit is in me swallowing up all this disease that is in my body. So you start to see that spirit, you start to see disease being swallowed up. You start to see your body flooding with health. You start to imagine this healing sweeping across your body from the bottom of your feet to the crown of your head. And as this divine healing of the power of God is sweeping across through your body, it is just swallowing up every cancer, every ulcer, every pain, every sickness, every degenerated uh, 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 cell, everything. So your job is to meditate on the promises of God by taking that scripture, bouncing it around in your mind, bouncing it around in your mind, bouncing it around in your mind, and you massage it and you and you, you get the issue, the problem that you're dealing with. And you say, by his stripes, this cancer is healed. By his stripes, this, you know, you start to picture um, these scriptures in your mind. So as you start to meditate there, as you start to do that, what starts to happen is that um, your mind starts to get into sync with your spirit. So what happens is this. On the left-hand side, you have your, uh, you have your body. Just think of it as a diagram. So you have three parts of you. You have spirit, soul, body. The soul is the valve between the spirit man and the body. Right? So picture a rectangle, right? On the left side, picture a tank. Picture a rectangular tank with three sections, right? On, on the first left side of this tank, picture body. In the middle section of this rectangular tank, picture soul. On the right-hand side of this rectangular tank, picture spirit. So what meditation does it gets power, revelation that your spirit man already knows. Now, in your spirit, remember, that's where the spirit of God also dwells. So what will happen in meditation, when you meditate long enough, your soul is, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So as you meditate on scriptures, you meditate on scripture, as you mull it over, as you massage it in your mind, what happens, it opens the valve whereby the spirit flows through your soul and swallows up whatever is in your body. The soul, the mind is where transformation, the mind, your soul is where, that's why uh, Third John chapter 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all 
that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The, your, your financial prosperity, your financial well-being, your awareness, and your physical um, uh, health, these things depend on the prosperity of your soul. They do. Because it says, even as thy soul prospers. So your financial well-being, your physical health will only be as good as your soul goes. So they will only go as far as your soul goes. But what is our soul? Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. So what starts to happen is that as you meditate on scripture, um, the revelation knowledge, the power of God flows from your spirit. It, 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 the, 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 it, what, when, you, when you start to meditate, your, your spirit man and your mind get on the same page. Your mind starts to say, oh, okay. Your mind starts to almost be enlightened by the spirit man. And once your soul opens up and is open to what the spirit man is telling you, then the soul lets that power, that revelation knowledge come out and manifest through your body. If it's healing, the healing power is already in you because think about it. The scripture says, if the spirit that raised him from the dead, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, right? This spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the same spirit, think about it, either the Bible is lying or you are lying. This same spirit that raised Jesus up, that raised Jesus from the dead, it already dwells in you. So he's already saying it will quicken, it will bring to life your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Well, if the spirit dwells in you, that means healing is already in you. Healing power is already in you. Financial power, financial revelation and prosperity is already in you. Uh, righteousness is already in you. Like it's already in your spirit, man, because the, the spirit that contains all of these things is inside you. You just got. You just have to find find out a way to detonate that bomb off inside you. And how do you do that? It's by meditation. Meditation slowly. It's like a valve. So think of uh, the soul as a valve, like a tap. That the spirit is is already has these things ready to flow out of the tap. Think of think of the tap in your sink. Your mind your will and your emotions, when they're turned off, when they're not in, li in, in, line, in, a, in alignment with the spirit, the spirit cannot flow. Power cannot flow from the spirit into your body. Healing cannot flow from. So that's, that's where we miss it. That's where most believers break down. I'm also preaching to myself. I'm, I'm teaching to myself as well. I, I'm just putting a lot of the things into practice because a lot of the things are also new to me. So um, I'm already putting a lot of this in practice and I can see some fruit. So your job is to get these scriptures that the spirit feeds you and you start to meditate on them right away. The more you meditate on them, the more you that tap, the, 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 the top part on the tap, the, the more you meditate, the more it opens, it opens. Meditation causes the tap to be open. The tap is your soul. And as you open up your soul to what the spirit is saying, then the spirit flows into your body and healing manifests. And all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and the tumor is gone. What happened? Because healing that was ready in your body flowed through your soul into your body and swallowed up the tumor or now you have ideas that are pulling in partnerships for million dollar businesses or for billion dollar opportunities but it starts with the mind or 
you have revelation that's coming that helps you to break the addiction to pornography. It starts with the mind. So meditation is the key to everything. Meditation is the key to everything. That's why you think about it. How this is one of the most ridiculous scriptures for me that I still and we've all read it, but I'm still puzzled. Like I, every time I read it, I'm like, this can't be true. It's right there in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Basically, if you take this whole scripture, it's saying meditation is equal to prosperous and good success in every area of your life, in every area of your life. So, and that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Where is the transformation of your life going to come from? How are you going to be transformed from sickness into health, from poverty into abundance? How does this transformation come about? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is where it happens. The you may, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's where we miss it. That's where we should be focused. So as you meditate and you're lying in your bed, let these scriptures come up in you. Massage them in your mind. Massage them in your mind. Let your mind uh, catch on to the fact that by his stripes you were healed. Healed from what? From everything that, that, that it is he that gives you power to make wealth. So you, do, you don't start to fight poverty or lack. No, think about the blessing. Meditate that, oh, I'm the seed of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is upon me by faith. I'm the blessed. Think on the, the financial blessings that, that, that the blessing of Abraham gives you. It, it says you're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender, not the borrower. So I need to start to think about that. And in my mind, as I'm transformed, I, my, my, my life will physically be transformed but I'm renewing my mind to what scripture is saying and the spirit man is feeding me scripture and I'm massaging it in my mind. I'm turning it over and I'm saying, okay, I don't have to worry about the $20,000 in debt. What I need to do is focus on the blessing of Abraham because if you even just get a hold of one of those blessings, you are the lender not the borrower. And it actually says you will lend unto nations, not borrow. So think about it. If you're in debt, even if you're in debt, um, let's say a million dollars, but you are able to receive being able to lend unto the nations, it, that means lending unto the nations means that there's probably $100 million that is coming in through the revelation. That will swallow up this little $1 million in debt, and it won't even see through it. Do you see what I mean? So if you meditate on that and say, okay, Abraham was a blessed man. I'm the seed of Abraham. Abraham was blessed. Abraham was promised land, property, um, all of these things. So if the blessing of Abraham is upon me in my life, I need to start meditating on that. That will swallow up the debt, the lack, the mortgage, and leave some more. That's the power of meditation. That is the power of meditation.
Now, this wasn't supposed to be a meditation episode, but I'll just probably say a couple more things and then we'll just be going along with uh, tune-ups for your believers' walk of faith unplugged. So think about this. I just want to just add a, a few things here. Listen to this translation from the Passion Translation. And you know what's, by the way, what's very interesting is that I never really used to read the Passion Translation because sometimes you, you get too cocky for your own bridges. Like you, you're like, oh, I'm just going to stay out here in the King James. But some of these translations, I am really getting fond of them. I have to be honest, because there's a way in which they explain things to your mind. It's okay. It's okay to read scripture in its complex or like the, the King James, you know, with the thou's, these and that. It's cool. It forces what I like about reading Bible, the King James is that it forces me to think. Reading the King James uh, Bible, by the way, has helped me with my vocabulary. It has helped me with my word structure because it doesn't use too many words. It just uses <laughs> it uses those, those old school Shakespearean um, vocabularies and and whatever. And actually, this Shakespearean Shakespearean all those get theirs from the KJV. But anyways. But when you read some of these other translations, they really dumb it down and you're like, oh, they put it in plain English where your spirit just kind of grabs it. So I like this translation from about Romans 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 from the Passion Translation. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. That is just so sweet. Just listen to this again. But be inwardly transformed. So if I was to match this with the KJV, I'll read the first part in KJV. I'll read the next part in the Passion Translation. So the KJV says, the first half of it says, be not conformed to this world. You see, that carries a very heavy, like that, boom. Be not conformed to this world, right? And listen to the Passion says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you. So that is a... It's sweet, it still hits, but it's like, hmm, okay. And it says, be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total transformation of how you think. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total, through a total reformation of how you think. Do you see what's happening? You are inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. It's through a total reformation of how you think. The total reformation of how you think happens through meditation. That's how that happens. But it's saying it's it starts inwardly by the Holy Spirit. That's what I was trying to say to you at the beginning of saying when you're meditating scripture is the Holy Spirit will feed you a scripture phrase. Now, your final transformation or reformation, your final reformation will come through how you think. I mean, you are transformed by the Holy Spirit through reforming how you think. And you reform how you think by meditating. That's how that happens. And I like also what the NLT says. It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When you literally slice, when you bring it down to its core, it's basically saying this. Your new health will come by changing how you think. Your new, your financial abundance 
where you're not living in poverty, lack, any debt, will come by changing how you think. Well, if you're going to change how you think, from what to what? You stop thinking and imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you, copying the behavior and customs of this world, and you start to think how God thinks. Well, how does God think? Well, God's thoughts are his words. That's what I'm saying is that you start to think, okay, the blessing of Abraham is upon me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Um, he has given me power to make wealth. The blessing of the Lord makes me rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I'm the lender, not the borrower. When I start to think of those things, revelation comes and ideas are going to flow out of me. I'm going to start drawing partnerships for million dollar uh, business partnerships, for billion dollar business partnerships to me. Because the scripture says, out of your belly flows rivers of living water. So when the revelation comes, power flows out of you. Ideas will now flow out of you. Um, you start to attract. You see, the world, when you read all these self-help books, they copied this from the Bible. This is The Bible had this thing first. But the world ran with it, and they do have some success with it. But the church has given it up. The church doesn't even want to do it. Whatever you hear them saying, new age this, new age that, it's just a copy of everything that's in the Bible. The devil has never done anything. What The only thing the devil has always done is take, what, take the original copy, God's copy, and try to duplicate it. The, the, the devil doesn't own anything. Everything the devil has, he has stolen. He has stolen knowledge. He has stolen ideas. So this whole thing of meditation, God told it to Joshua. You see Paul saying it here in Romans. But you have so many health, so many health, uh, self-help books that are talking about the power of meditation. And they they and 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 Christians don't know this stuff is right in the Bible. Like you don't you don't need to go buy a book about the power of meditation from the world you have it right here romans is telling you the new person is going to come by changing how you think so you take the scripture and it's gonna that's the one you put in your mind you mull it over you ponder it you massage it you play around with it you just uh anyway you just you just keep on playing around with this whole thing in your mind and that's how change happens that's how your health is going to be transformed instead of you going online on google and seeing what are the symptoms of cancer what are the symptoms of of breast cancer what are the symptoms of of, of kidney failure what that is junk nonsense and rubbish because that's not how god will do it that's how the world does it but Paul is telling you, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you. Someone who doesn't know about God, when they feel pain, the first thing they're going to go is just going to go rush and find out on Google, what are the symptoms of this pain? What, 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 if I'm feeling this? No, that's how the world does it. But how do you do it? You, you, you meditate on health that by his stripes I am healed and you hold forth. You see, the devil is going to try, he's going to see to it that you don't meditate that by his stripes I am healed. So he's going to hit you with symptoms. He's going to use discouragement. He's going to send someone across you and another person is going to say, I don't know, girl, you should go to the doctors, go get this thing checked out. I, I, you should get surgery. You should do this. You should take this medication. You should go see this therapist. All of that, the devil knows that the healing power of God is already in you. The wealth knowledge that you need to, to, to build new economies are in all these global South countries is already in you, but he's going to try and move you off of it because he doesn't want you to be transformed because he knows if I can get you to look at what Google says about your symptoms, about your bank account, about your mortgage, about this, you will not believe the word of God. 
So Satan has stolen the power of meditation from Christians. And he's some people in the world have caught wind of this and it works for them. But Christians should be the ones who should be benefiting the most from this. This is our this is this is this when when scripture talks about um anyways let's just go with the flow let's just go with the flow okay this is from second peter chapter one listen to what this says Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things, his divine power has given unto us all things, means all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Healing pertains to life. Your financial uh, prosperity, your financial abundance pertains to life. You owning your home and not being in debt and not needing to pay a mortgage for the next 10 years, for the next it's all in here. That's why he says, according as his divine power has given us unto all things, all things means all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Listen to this. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Now it goes to say through lust. Now, listen, being sick is a corruption. Being in debt is a corruption. Being in pain is a corruption. Struggling with addiction is a corruption. But Peter is saying that in us, in our spirit, we, we, we've already been given these exceeding great and precious promises by God so that through these we shall be partakers of the divine nature and escape corruption. So God has given you a promise of divine health that through the promise of divine health, you might escape the corruption of COVID, the corruption of sickness that is sweeping across this planet. God has given us a divine promise that says, a thousand will fall down on my, um, um, with, uh, on my hand and 10,000 on my right hand, but he will not come near me. No, 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 no evil. Can, will, or shall befall me. Neither will any plague come near my dwelling. That is a promise that God gave to us. You can walk in it. It's already embedded in our spirit, man. And Peter is saying all of these exceeding great and precious promises are available to us. Why did God prepare these special packages for us? Because he knew we would be lit. He, he saw that we would live in a fallen world and he wanted to make an escape for us. His sons and daughters who are now joint heirs with Christ, seated in heavenly places far above all principality, powers, and dominion, so that we will be partakers. So when the world is struggling with cancer and the doctor's telling them they can't get healed, how do you escape that corruption of the, you have, you've been diagnosed? Well, you escape it by the precious promise of divine healing, that by his stripes I am healed. But you have to meditate on that. And then that will swallow up the cancer in your body. You have to meditate on the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his silence. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You meditate on those things. He has given me power to make all the blessing of Abraham's upon me. You meditate on those things, those exceeding great and precious promises. 
And he even says that through these, we might escape the corruption that is in the world. So how do you escape the corruption of inflation right now in the world? You have to meditate on the blessing of Abraham that's upon you. Don't try to pray the house prices down. Let the blessing of Abraham come in, girl. And let them sweep whatever amount of inflation is there. You ever, you ever read about Isaac? Isaac was living in a land that everybody was running from. There was famine in, the, in that land. It was so bad. And Isaac was trying to run down to Egypt. And the Lord told him, no, stay right here. Stay right here in the middle of the famine. Well, the Lord knew that there's a blessing on Isaac from the blessing of Abraham, right? That that blessing was going to swallow up the famine that was around Isaac. So Isaac stayed in that land. He sold. And the scripture says, in that same year. Oh, man. Look, you got to read this. <laughs> I don't know who this is for, but this is unplugged. I did not prepare. I just, I had some points written down, but let's go with the spirit. Let's flow. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let's just read this. This is in, this is from Genesis chapter 31, I believe. Yes. Is it Genesis chapter 31? No, no. Genesis chapter 20. Yeah. Genesis chapter 26. Let us go there. Because I'm trying to show you that people think that God forgot about us. No, no, no. When Jesus said, be of good cheer. In this world, you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He, unless he was crazy. And I know Jesus wasn't high. I mean, he was high on the Holy Spirit. But that's the only high he was ever on. For someone to tell you, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's got to be talking about these exceeding great and precious promises. And he's saying, listen, things are going to hit this world like you've never seen. You will have those tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And Peter tells us, according as he's prepared these divine, exceeding and precious promises, that when we partake of these, we are going to escape the current corruption that we see in the world. This is Isaac. This is Genesis chapter 26. It says, this is crazy. It says, and there was a famine in the land, other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Do not go down to Egypt. So, unless the Lord knows something that we don't, and we all know he does, why would he tell you stay in the place where there's, a, where there's a famine? It says the famine was so great. Why would the Lord say, choose, stay in the famine, in the land where everybody's trying to run out from? Why would the Lord tell you stay in the city where the house prices are going up and everybody's running to the suburbs? Maybe everybody's running to the countryside. Everybody's running to the cold promises. Why would God tell you, no, I want you to stay right here where the house prices are going up? It's because he has an exceeding and great and precious promise. He wants to use you to confound the wisdom of the wise. He wants everybody to say, girl, how did you buy a house in Vancouver? Cash. Money. <laughs> I, I just remember someone who was talking about that. And I, I thought I'd just laugh. Um, or, you know, like how were you able to even, you know, get a deal on a house that good? These are exceeding and great and precious promises that God put away for his sons and daughters. The, the people who would accept him so that when these times came, he would just be like, my daughter, my son, I've already prepared a way out for you. Don't worry, don't worry. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Listen, listen, listen to this guy. 
The Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Leave in the land of which I tell you. Dwell temporarily in this land and I will be with you and will favor you with blessings. For to you and to your descendants will I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. So, and, oh my goodness, it goes on to say, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. That's in verse 6, Genesis 26, chapter 6. He stayed in that land. But we know, it goes on to say, in verse 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted, a hundredfold. And the Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. He owned flocks, herds, and a great supply of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had closed and filled them with dirt. Guys, listen to this. For God to tell you stay in the land of famine and plant there, Allah, Allah, he's got to know something that we don't. This is where it now says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he will exalt you in due season, casting all your cares unto him, for he cares for you. When I cast the fact that, listen, Lord, house prices are going up in this city. Inflation is going up in this city. I'm casting this onto you. He exalts you like he did Isaac. He says, no, 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 girl. I don't know who this is for. I keep on saying girl. But he says, no, 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 girl, stay here. Stay here in the big city. Um, like this, this is what he told Isaac. This is what he's telling you. Dwell here. I'll be with you and I will favor you with blessings. Wow. So Isaac sowed in, the, in, in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. The man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. Isaac did not even become rich. Like he blew past rich and he became wealthy and distinguished. That's the power of God's exceeding and precious promises. But we can only activate them. You can only transform from a person who could not even afford to pay rent to a person who owns a real estate company in the middle of inflation. How? Let God transform you into this new person by changing the way you think. And how is he going to do that? Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. And how is this going to come about? By remember what he told Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous. You will have good success. You will deal wisely and have good success. Guys, I'm, I'm, I've started up myself as well. I, I'm going to re-listen to this because there's some things that I say that uh, I believe it was the Holy Spirit speaking um, a lot of those things through me because this is not how I thought this whole segment would go. But I just want to encourage you. I'm just going to let this marinate and in the next episode of this Unplugged series, we shall pick up from here and 
I'll share some of the other things that the Spirit of the Lord uh, put brought back for me to remember uh, in the morning during my fellowship with him. That was on the morning of July 19th. Selah. Thank you.